Hi, I'm Sarah, and you're listening to the NRC Podcast. Hi, Evelyn. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Tell the folks about your experience with ADHD. Sure. Um, again, my name is Evelyn Pope Green. I am um, actually a former CHAD coordinator and a past president of the board of directors for both CHAD and ADA. Uh, I'm an adult with ADHD, and I have two adult sons who also have ADHD. The population, if kids are not getting diagnosed, what's the what's the barrier? Well, I think um, that one of the biggest barriers that's still around is stigma. Um, I've been doing ADHD advocacy for well over 20 years. It was stigma then. It was um, understanding and, and stigma both within the African-American community and then, and then stereotypes about kids of color and adults of color from outside of the community. Um, so I can recall being told that kids in the city didn't have ADHD. They had behavioral disorders. Um, and so it, we get those kind of stereotypes from without. And then within um, w- one of the, it's a couple different things. I think one is the African-American community has the burden of a, of a not great history with the medical community in America. There are some you know, a history of things not going well, Tuskegee syphilis experiments and, and other kind of things that make us wary of the medical community and particularly things around mental health. Um, you know, runaway slaves were once considered to be mentally ill. It, right. it was a mental illness to not want to be a slave. So those are the kind of things that um, are in our collective history and our collective memory banks that make it difficult to be able to accept mental health issues. Um, in general for for a lot of families it's starting to change very slowly but um how is that how is that happening I mean, that's I great that, if it's changing. How how do you see that? Well, I think one of the reasons it's changing is that there are more and more people willing to speak up and speak out like myself and, right. and others who are willing to, to say, you know, I, I'm pr- I have ADHD and I'm proud. Um, there's also just the fact that we hear more and more about things like depression and anxiety and other kind of men- mental health issues, PTSD. Um, we hear about it more and more in the media, on television, right. and our news. So I think just the in general, I think it's getting better, um, and and that's also affecting the African American community. So one of the things uh, um, I've heard people talk about is the issue of um, being diagnosed by a, another person of color. Yes. The is- problem is, is that as we know, there's not as many African American physicians, psychiatrists. Mm-hmm. So how do we resolve that? How how do you help the white clinician? Yeah, that's a tough one um, because, of course, my first answer would be to try to find a, a treating professional of color. But if not, I think that, first of all, uh, the, the clinician has to understand if they're treating a population um, that includes folks of color, that they have to try to know and understand that culture as best that they can. And the way they can do that is by asking questions, by if they see that that um, a, a patient doesn't seem to be comfortable with diagnosis or treatment to ask why, to, to try to get to the bottom of it and to have a conversation about what might be happening. 
Um, on the other hand, from the patient perspective, I would say patients need to ask lots and lots of questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you need to talk to the, the person that you're thinking about caring for your ADHD um, and to ask them to find out what they know about ADHD, first of all. So to ask them things about their treatment protocols and, you know, how many patients have they treated with ADHD, maybe even how many patients of color they've treated with ADHD to just have a conversations to ask them if they know about CHAD and ADA, the two organizations that are the most prominent um, around issues with ADHD. So to ask those kind of questions um, and to just have a conversation with them so that you feel comfortable um, with them being your treating professional, whether it's for your child or yourself if you're an adult. Right. So um, when when an African-American adult, adult or family learns of a diagnosis of ADHD, what's the, what's the reaction? I, I don't think that I can give you a blanket answer to that. I think it's going to change from family to family. Mm-hmm. It depends on the family's experience um, with maybe other mental health issues. All of us have that, you know, uncle that nobody talked about that lived over there mm-hmm. in the corner. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really depends. Um, again, the stigma is greater in the African-American community. I can remember when I was a child hearing adults say, we don't have time to be crazy. <laughs> we can't afford to be crazy. We, right. We've got too many other burdens to bear. And so I, I think it really just depends on the family. I think um, sometimes, and this happens again, it, I think it's it, the same in any community. Um, maybe sometimes one parent is not willing to accept it for whatever reason and another one might. So that may be, that may cause some, some um, tension in a family around it. I think it really just depends. Some, some folks are more comfortable now with talking about and dealing with mental health issues. Um, We're hearing more about it in the media. So, you know, we hear more about depression, anxiety, PTSD. Um, There are, I, I, think, I would like to hope that what we see and hear in the media about ADHD is closer to the truth than it was when I started doing this 20 some odd years ago. I'm not sure because I still hear some things that are kind of not true. But um, so I think it really just depends. It really is going to be unique to every family, how they accept it and um, what their kind of plan of action is. Have you seen a big change in the in the 20 years that you've been working with ADHD in oh, the stigma and the... I wish I could say I have. Oh. I wish I could say I have. I've seen some change. So I, it's not completely hopeless, but um, not the kind of change that I would want to see. Um, a, a big reason that I got into advocacy and worked with Chad and with Ada for so many years is because I wanted to see a difference and to erase some of that stigma, especially in communities of color. And um, that that had been my goal. That's why I, I tell my story mm-hmm. um, is because I'm hoping that other people will, that that'll help reduce some, some of the stigma. But I, it's still not the kind of change that I would like to see. I can remember attending my first chat conference. I had just become a chair coordinator. It was 1996. So yes, I'm telling you how old I am. <laughs> um, it was in my hometown of Chicago. I walked in the door with my co-coordinator for our chapter, who was a Caucasian woman. And she turned around and looked at me and went, we were in a room with, we walked into the keynote room. It was like 2000 people in the room. 
And she looked at me and said, you do know you're the only black person in this room, right? <laughs> oh, dear. I, that was still not that long ago. On one and, and, today, oh. and, and now, I, you know, at the conference now, I can walk around and I can walk in mm-hmm. lots of rooms where I'm still the only black person in the room. Yes. Um, so things have obviously not changed nearly as much as we would want them to but there is more acceptance. Um, I don't hear uh, parents still struggle um, with medication issues in the African-American community. I'd still get that, but I don't, you know, 20 years ago, it was, I'll never put my child on medication. And and now I I hear people willing to listen and to think about it and consider it. So, you know, things have have improved. They're willing to to say my child might have ADHD or I may have it. Um, So things are improving. It's just still we have so much work to do. Yes, yes. Um, How does religion play a a (laughs) religious beliefs play an impact in the African-American community? Um, I, I am very sensitive, sensitive to this because, um, I attended church and attended a church with my children that is what you would consider a progressive church. We have a mental health mystery, mental health ministry. (laughs) Um, however, I still hear lots of other folks talk about, talk as if you can pray ADHD away. Oh dear. Um, or, or any other mental health issues, but particularly ADHD that, you know, hear things like you just need to be more disciplined and we just need to pray with that child more and those kind of things, not recognizing that it is a real, you know, scientifically proven disorder. We know it's real. ADHD is real. Um, and so we need to deal with it in a realistic way. And that does not include praying it away. So it, it really depends. There are there are churches and um, religious institutions who deal with mental health issues, who understand them, who, you know, work with them and work with their members um, to, to make to make a difference in, in that area. And, but then unfortunately there are still, I think a lot of more traditional, um, perhaps older black churches where it's considered, it's still not considered a, a, a real disorder. Um, and is there anything that you would say to somebody that's has a child with ADHD and goes to a church like that? What would you say to them? Um, I would say to maybe try to, find another church that has a more progressive outlook. Um, And and I know how deeply personal, you know, folks, church roots are. Mm -hmm. Um, But to understand that that is not helping you or your child at this point. And you need to go and, you know, we don't always have to agree with everything that happens um, in our places of worship. We don't have to agree with, with every single thing. And so this is an area where you need to think about what's best for you and your child. And, and it's not going to be to ignore the problem or to think that it can be prayed away or it's just going to go away. Right. What would you, what would you recommend to a parent of a child that needs to be tested? Um, Okay, I would say this, and I'm saying this as as a person that works in education. Don't rely on the educational testing (laughs) at your school district or school. I would say I I just always recommend ADHD is a medical disorder. People often forget that because it has a behavioral component and children are, you know, it's often discovered in school because of behavioral kind of um, activities that are taking place or behavioral actions. But it's a medical disorder, so I believe that it needs to be dis- it needs to be 
diagnosed by a qualified medical professional. So that would be my first recommendation is to get a, 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 a professional, a clinical professional to do the workup, to do the diagnosis, to do the, the, the evaluation um, for diagnosis. Along with that, though, and before you go to anyone, I would also say you need to ask a lot of questions. You want to make sure that um, that professional knows and understands ADHD. That's probably one of the top two or three things that I tell people who are you know, just beginning to make this discovery is um, not everybody knows about ADHD. Not not every pediatrician knows ADHD. Not every family physician knows ADHD the way that we need them to in order to give accurate diagnosis and treatment. So you really want to ask questions and to make sure those same questions we talked about before to make sure that they know and understand um, ADHD, that they have a history and some experience with uh, diagnosis and treatment. I'm going to ask you a big question now. Uh-oh. So, so you've been working in the field for a long time. A long time. And so 20 years. Where do you see ADHD in the African-American community in the next 20 years? Or you could even do the next five and then your big vision. What would you see happening? Um, wow, that is a big question. Well, needless to say, I'm never going to give up hope. <laughs> so right. so where I would like to see it in the next five or 10 or 20 years is that as, as a disorder that's just as accepted um, as any other in the community, as a disorder that people acknowledge, um, that does not, that we don't only have negative connotations about and the stigma, um, that, that people understand that yes, there are challenges, but there are also sometimes gifts to having ADHD and that we acknowledge that and that we celebrate those gifts, um, and within ourselves and our children that, that we get from having ADHD and that we acknowledge that it's a real disorder and that we get the treatment that we need, whatever it might be, you know, that whatever we come up with in, in partnership with our treating professionals, but that we really, um, that it's, it does not have the stigma that it has today in, in the African-American community. But that would be my wish for the whole world around ADHD, right, but, right. but especially in, in our community because right. there is such a huge stigma and we don't acknowledge it the way that I would like to. It, it, it kind of hurts my heart. I've talked yeah. to several folks who who are still struggling with it, whose schools are struggling with it, or whose families are struggling with the diagnosis that they or their children have recently gotten. And so um, I'd like for all that to end and for people to have a place to go, for everybody to know that they have a place to go to get their questions answered, um, that there are enough other people out there like me who are willing right. to step up and, right. and talk about it and tell our story so that people know um, that it, it's not the end of the world it's not a death sentence it, it you know you can live happy and have a great life and have ADHD and get it treated at the same time so, right um I, I just hope that people will get whatever assistance that they need and that they know that they are not alone that there are people out there that they can talk to there are places and organizations they can go to get the help that they need and so if folks just understand that that they getting support for yourself or your child is the most important thing you can do however you do that and to just do it to just don't let anybody in your family and your community stop you from getting the help that you or your child might need and, and maybe you envision 
yourself not being the only person in the room oh, when you go to a conference. I, I, that's been my dream for a long time. <laughs> Thank you so much. And um, I'm, I'm looking forward to that vision. Thanks. Me too. My pleasure. Are you confused about all the treatments for ADHD? Consider working closely with healthcare providers and other ADHD professionals. Your treatment should be tailored to your unique needs to help you cope with the disorder, improve overall mental well-being, and manage social relationships. For tips, resources, and strategies, contact Chad at helpforadhd.org. That's H-E-L-P, the number four, A-D-H-D dot O-R-G. You've been listening to Ask the NRC podcast. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Help for ADHD or visit our website at helpforadhd.org. That's H-E-L-P, the number four, A-D-H-D dot O-R-G.